Hello, my name is Neve, and you're welcome to We Love Books, the show where we're just nuts about kids' books, and we know you are too. Today, we chat to a beastly writer and illustrator, Mr. Chris Judge, about the latest adventures of The Beast. This is the fourth Beast book that Chris has written and illustrated. It's called The Baby Beast, and I have to admit, it's one of my very favourite picture book series that's come out in the past 10 years or so. I absolutely love The Beast, and I was dying to chat to Chris all about him. Of course, Chris has written and illustrated tons of other stuff too, but we'll get there in good time. But first, I chatted to some of the wonderful readers and writers in Skull Katrina in Baggett Street about some of their favourite books ever. I love Dive Wimpy Kids. And his brother Roderick annoys him so much. It's about a little boy called... I don't know what his name is. I forget. And Let's just call him Dive Wimpy Kids. I'm reading Dog Days at the moment at home. It's, yeah, it's just fun. I like reading David William books because he puts a lot of details in it. It's called Percy Jackson and the Sea of Monsters because it's a serious book and it's got a lot of action. Horrible histories because they tell you loads of facts and stuff. Probably Harry Potter. I don't know, it's just because he's a wizard and I like magic. Now on We Love Books, it's time for We Love Reviews. Eight-year-old Sive has read The House on Hawthorne Road by Megan Wynne, and it's about two children from very different centuries who strike up a friendship that neither of them will ever forget. Let's find out what Sive thought. My name is Sive and I'm eight. I read The House on Hawthorne Road by Megan Wynne. So it's about a girl that she moves from London to Dublin, and... She's not happy at all. She just wants to go back to London until she finds out that she's kind of been losing her stuff. So when she comes back from school, there's always something gone or something like messed up or something. And then she realises it's a boy called Robbie. He's been coming into her house. He's from the 1950s. So all he has to do is rub a crack in his kitchen wall and go into her house and she has to rub a crack in her bedroom wall to go into his house, except you can't see see them until somebody else touches them when they're in a different place. I like that there's time travel and stuff because they didn't really know that it was going to happen. Like, if she was going to go into his house, she would know it was going to happen, but he wouldn't. I like the characters. Well, I like Beth and Robbie. Beth is the main character, the girl, and Robbie is the boy. There's kind of different worlds because there's people living in different times. It's kind of like a mystery, so people don't, the people don't know at the, at the start. I think this book is suitable for eight-year-olds to ten-year-olds. I would describe the book as exciting, mysterious, it's unexpected. Now on We Love Books, it's time to hear from our featured author. This week we're chatting to someone who is as good at drawing pictures as he is at coming up with stories, and that is a winning combination. Chris has worked on tons of books, including Tiny and Teeny, The Great Explorer, Tin, 
The Danger is Everywhere series, along with David O'Doherty. He illustrated Ryan Tuberty's book, The First Christmas Jumper, Roddy Doyle's books, Brilliant, and Rover and the Big Fat Baby, and absolutely bags of other books. But we are chatting today about one of my favourite book series that he does, one of my favourites ever, in fact, The Beast Books. I read The Lonely Beast years ago, and I absolutely loved it, and I'm a huge fan of all the other Beast books since, the latest of which is called The Baby Beast. This is the fourth Beast book, uh, The Baby Beast. So I guess I started the first Beast book in 2009. So it's 10 years, yeah, four books. So yeah, very exciting. And where did the Beast come from? Like, where did you first meet the Beast? He's basically like a big silhouette. So I used to draw him uh, directly onto photographs. So it just worked really well. I looked like I take photographs up in Wicklow and kind of open landscapes. And he, he just worked really well drawing directly onto that. And then when I went to make a kid's book I wanted to make a kid's book and I looked at all the different characters I kind of have been drawing and he really stood out because he you know he doesn't have a voice and he, he I had to kind of do all his emotions without you know a face so that was a big challenge and then halfway through it I really regretted it <laughs> but then it was really good because then I, <clears throat> I learned how to use his body as reactions and that kind of thing and I just thought he was very a very poignant kind of character and I thought it'd be interesting to to tell his story one thing i think is so interesting because he has all the body movements but the eyes say everything how do you get all those little expressions into yeah. just his eyes um the, i mean the eyes that that's that was that's that besides the as you say the body uh movements is definitely you know i had to learn how to just do little tweaks for sadness or for he's never really angry but there's a few times on in the baby beast i i got him kind of you could tell he's just like Ah, oh, this is really annoying. And just with that little tiny bit of his eye. So, yeah, that was a lot of trial and error, definitely trying that. So what can you tell us without giving the game away? I know there's a clue in the title, The Baby Beast, but what can you tell us about The Beast's latest challenge and adventure? Right, now, without spoilers, how do we do that? <laughs> uh, yeah, so The Beast is at home on a nice spring morning and the uh, there's a knock at the door and there's an egg waiting there for him. So he has to try and figure out how to look after this egg and, you know, what, 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 what's this egg going to be? So the challenge then is to, to keep the egg safe and turn it and play soothing music to it. And then, we, halfway through the book, we find out what's inside. I wonder what it is. <laughs> <laughs> what is it like illustrating your own books versus illustrating somebody else's books? Um, I mean, they're both very different. Illustrating my own books is obviously... It, it's twice the work, I suppose, because I'm doing um, all the illustrations and all the writing. So the the writing can take just as long as the the, the illustrations. So I spend a lot of time with my editor going back and forth with ideas, and we'll write out a script, and I'll do little uh, dummies of of the book. So there's usually actually about three versions of it before we get to the final one. Uh, so that's that's quite intense. And then with the other books like Dangers Everywhere and, and the books I do with my brother, there I I get a script and I, the the usually the editor and the designer will kind of give me pointers of this is we have space here to do a, a full page drawing or a half page or and then they'll give a little nod but then I have a bit of freedom to to kind of come up with my own stuff and, and uh, yeah so they're both both fun I mean the the books for older kids are usually a bit faster but more drawings and the drawings are hilarious where do you get your ideas for all the little details that make it absolutely hilarious? Well, that <coughs> that comes directly from when I was a kid and I loved like Richard Scarry's books, do you know those ones? And um, they're like it's still a favourite and my two daughters love them. Like So there's just so much going on and every time you go back to us, you'll see something new and find a new character. So uh, yeah, that was that's very important to me, having little details like that and, and that, 
fun stuff to thread going through. And with two girls yourself, did a lot of the beasts egg keeping antics come from personal experience? It came directly from personal experience. <laughs> so the <clears throat> yeah, it came from my now two year old. Basically, I was writing that at the time she was born, and I wasn't directly going. Now I must um, keep a diary kind of thing, but it was just like this is crazy. I forgot how intense this is. <laughs> so yeah, a lot of it is is from from her arriving. Yeah. And how long does it take from beginning work on a beast book to the end? So it's published and you're holding it in your hand. Yeah, it's it depends. So the first book I did was about two years and uh, all in because I, was, I didn't really know what I was doing. I was finding my feet and lots of trial and error. But now it's roughly about five months from when I send the first ideas to when I hand over the final artwork. Then it's usually another year before you actually hold it in your hands. What advice would you give to any kids out there who are listening who might be interested in writing or in illustrating their own books themselves? I would say read a lot of books and find the books that you really like and find the books that with the drawings you really like and and figure out why you like that book, you know, so why if, if you turn a page you get a fright or you get it's really exciting or if the story has a, a start where something strange happens or maybe something sad happens, so it's figuring out an actual story because a lot of people think making a picture book is just doing lots of drawings and silly text, but it's actually quite complicated. So they're as, they're as complicated as a, as a good film. What is your favourite thing about The Beast? I like my favourite thing. I just, I think I like, he's probably a bit like me where he's, uh, he's a little bit cautious and he's also, he likes adventures. Uh, but yeah, definitely cautious. And, uh, I, yeah, I think I, I love that I can that for kids as well. You can, you know, you can emulate yourself onto him, but he can jump off waterfalls and jump out of airplanes and land in the ocean and walk along the bottom of the sea and that kind of thing. So that that kind of thing, I, it really excites me that I can put him in any situation and you'll always feel safe with him because he's strong. And what are you most proud of when you look back at all of your illustration and your writing? When you sit down at the end of the day, and you think, oh. I did that really well. <laughs> what yeah. are you? What makes you feel the happiest? I think every every time I, I make a book, because it's a huge undertaking to, to make a book, and every time that box arrives with the first fresh copy, is one of that'll never get old. But I think probably the first book I ever made, The Lonely Beast, will will be you know a very special moment. I think I, I remember walking into, I think this bookshop, Dupree. Yeah, the morning it was published, second of February two thousand eleven. And I walked in, there was no one here, and there was my book up on a shelf, and I was like, oh! And actually there was another woman standing there, and I just wanted to go over and go, look, that's my book, that's my book! But of course she would have been like, who's this weirdo? So I just kind of stood there and went, wow, this is a very big moment, so yeah, it's very exciting. And finally, we are standing in front of the most amazing mural that has, uh, well, you can describe what it has yourself. You've actually done this. You were actually chatting to me in front of a piece yeah. of like wall-sized artwork. That's can you right. explain this amazing piece of art to the listeners? Yeah, well, it's um, so it's in Debray Bookshop on Grafton Street in the kids section. And uh, the team here asked me, I was very honoured, to ask me to come up with a, a mural representing, you know, reading the excitement of reading books and so uh, yeah, I got to draw lots of crazy characters and lots of animals and, and lots of books. So it was very exciting. And uh, we have a bunch of animals on the lift door. So when that opens, they disappear. 
but when it closes it, my favorite thing is when they appear and it's uh, it's really fun <laughs> <laughs> Well, here on We Love Books, we love a new feature. Over the last 10 episodes, we had the fantastic Dave Rudden giving us his top two-minute writing tips, taking you all the way from coming up with an idea to publishing your work. So if you missed any of those, you can listen back to episodes 1 through 10 of We Love Books and Dave Rudden knows what he's talking about. Well, someone else who knows what they're talking about is our book doctor, Anne. She is an expert in knowing what kids would love to read. Eight-year-old Bobby tells us about the kinds of books that he is interested in, and book doctor Anne will recommend some excellent reading material to keep Bobby entertained. So get ready to take notes. Lots of great recommendations coming up. Hi, I'm Bobby and I'm eight. My favourite book is Star for Wimpy Kid. It's about this guy and in his diary it's his like his own world in it it's a lot about what he's thinking about and it's what he feels too i like books that have a main character but lots of other people in it too i like when the main character is a boy i don't really mind but i would prefer if it was a boy Well, I guess it's because I'm a boy and I guess that's kind of me. My favourite character would be someone who would be a bit dumb or sometimes maybe a bit weird. Does unusual stuff. I like all the books I read. If I didn't like them, I wouldn't be reading them, so... I love reading, I love writing books myself... I love gardening, I love cycling. I like books that are about the real world most. But if it was something that wasn't really my age group, or it was, but then it wasn't that good or anything that I liked, um, I wouldn't pick it, but if it was, I would. So Book Doctor, what do you think I should read next? Hello Bobby, I'm delighted to meet you and to hear about the books you like to read. A series that's really popular with Jeff Kinney fans is the Tom Gates series by Liz Pishon. There are 18 books in the series, so plenty to keep you reading. Another series you may get similar enjoyment from, Timmy Failure, Mistakes Have Been Made by Stephen Pastis, the first in a series of seven books about the adventures of Timmy Failure and a polar bear called Total, who run a detective agency under the title of Total Failure Incorporated. Both of these series are written in a first-person diary-type style and they give us a great view into the minds of both Tom Gates and Timmy Failure. I'll add a third series. Wilf the Mighty Warrior Saves the World by Georgia Pierce is the first in a series of five books about Wilf who worries about everything. How does Wilf cope when the most dangerous man in the universe moves in next door? You'll have to read the book to find out. Then there's a series that was written way back in the 70s. It's by Judy Bloom and begins with Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing. In it we meet Peter Hatcher and he describes life with his very annoying three-year-old brother nicknamed Fudge. There are four other Fudge books and though they were written a long time ago, they're still available in bookshops and libraries. If you're looking for a change, you could read Wonder by Orje Palacio which is more serious, but a really great read. In the first chapter, we read the story from the point of view of Augie, who looks very different to most people. 
The second chapter is told from the point of view of Via, another character, and so on, giving us a really rounded view of what's actually happening in the book. Very clever. If you're in the mood for a quicker read, you could try the B-Boy series by Tony DeSalve, beginning with B-Boy, Clash of the Killer Queens. In it, we meet Melvin, whose favourite thing is to spend time looking after his hive of bees. But one day, he turns into a bee. When Melvin returns to being a boy, he's on a mission to rescue the bees. I know you like books that are set in the real world, and though the story is somewhat fantastic, this book is packed with fabulous facts about bees. Well, Bobby, I hope you'll find something in that list to keep you reading happily for the next few weeks. Now on We Love Books, it's over to you. We love stories written by our listeners. Today, Martin Campbell Bernardo shares a chapter from a book he's working on called The Wizard Chronicles, and it's about a good criminal and a bad cop. The Wizard Chronicles, Tide of Magic, Chapter 1, The Crazy Escape by Martin Campbell Bernardo. Welcome to this story about a good criminal and a bad cop. So there is a good criminal called Nathan. Nathan is trying to find a way out of prison. Here's when Nathan is in prison. He was accused of a murder he didn't do and the victim was even alive after the trial ended. Remember when I mentioned the bad cop? He's known as Jacob and is Nathan's enemy. Because they are enemies, Jacob wants to do something bad to Nathan. Alright, back to the story. Whenever the guide comes to Nathan and yells, Hey, do what the others are doing. Nathan replies, Okay, okay, I'll do it. Looks fine to see what is happening. So, remember, said Nathan? Remember what, said the guard. Yes, I did that favour for you, said Nathan. Right, go anywhere else, replied the guard. He liked Nathan because Nathan followed orders. Nathan goes exploring the prison until the warden says lights out. That night, when he falls asleep, he has a weird dream. Well, I want to know the dream. Well, here's the dream. In the dream, Nathan was in a black room, and there is a big rock in the centre. Nathan, Nathan, your time has come, said mysterious voice. What time has come, Nathan replied. Are there time for you to be magic, said mysterious voice. What magic, replied Nathan. Nathan, you are the chosen one, said the mysterious voice. Nathan woke up. Nathan was thinking the dream was real. Nathan, for some reason, was doing some weird stuff using his hands. After a few minutes, a weird orb appears. Nathan punches it. Nathan disappears from the prison and reappears in a dark room. Nathan, to access your powers, you need to think of them in your head, mysterious voice. Nathan appears back in the prison. He thinks of a ball, a, a large red pearl, in the shape of a ball suddenly appears. Nathan then makes the pearl disappear. He has now thought of a way to escape. This day continues as, as normal until night time. Nathan wakes up at midnight. The guards will be coming to prison again at 6am. Nathan uses the information to his advantage. He magically assures the security system cameras. When I say magicking, I mean he threw a fireball at the camera. Suddenly, Nathan was getting sleepy. I'll explain why. To use his powers, he needs energy and he is running low. Nathan falls asleep when he wakes up the day is normal. Well, normal except for the rumors about the rocket cameras, which the guards are trying to find out about. In fact, this was to be Nathan's second last day in prison.
Well, that's it from this episode of We Love Books. Huge thanks to all the wonderful kids who read, wrote and reviewed for us. And big thanks to our brand new book doctor, Anne Gannon, who will be back again next week with tons of great reading recommendations. You might find out about books you've never heard of or maybe you'll remember books that you hadn't read for ages. But Anne knows what she's talking about. She knows the very best of kids books and she will keep you informed. If you want to get in touch with the program, if you have an idea about something you'd like to chat about or maybe a book that you'd like to review, you can always drop me an email with the permission of a parent or guardian to welovebooks at rte.ie. I'm Neve McManus. This is We Love Books. You've been great. Stay happy, stay well, and until next time, happy reading. Happy reading.